three, two, one, clap. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Split Screen Gaming Podcast, episode 39. Sega! The, <laughs> the occasionally weekly podcast where three lifelong friends correspond about video games from the comfort of each other's home. We have a cool episode this week. We're going to talk about the Game Awards. We have some more reviews to talk about this week. Is this our, one of our newer segments? What's my name? Say my name, say my name. You can introduce yourself. Well, no one is around you. I'm Chad Michael Innes. I'm eating a cookie. You're eating a cookie? I'm it's so a protein proud. cookie, so it's okay. You can eat a hundred of them. <laughs> and then we have uh, the news we're going to talk about. Before that, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. What's your name? Oh, my name is Holden Department. That's it's right. Use of the names. No, I you didn't say that's why. Job. I know. I thought I said my name and forgot your name, but I guess I forgot both names. You're fired. I'm just, I am so. Welcome fired. to the Split Screen Gaming Podcast, guys. It's just me now. Me and my cookie. <laughs> it's a double chocolate protein cookie. What have you been playing, Cookie? I have been playing. So here's the thing. Remember last time we talked about our Xbox checkbox? Yep. Played Cuphead. I'm falling in love. I didn't you already beat it last week or no? You did. No, no. I was like two thirds of the way through last week. This week I finished. Every boss you can fight before the finale, whatever gotcha. that means. But oh, do were, they really call it the finale in the, yeah. in the game? Oh, that's it cool. Was world one, world two, world three, and then finale. That's awesome. But I had to. Uh, there were four bosses that I had to do the simple difficulty because mm-hmm. I just couldn't fucking do it. They were so hard. <laughs> so the dragon, the robot, the mermaid, and I don't remember the fourth one. You brought oh, the, the difficulty honeybee. down to easy? How lame to, are you? But I can't do the finale until I've beat them all on regular. Oh, really? So now that I've beat all the bosses once, I have to go back to these guys now and finally beat them on regular before I can fight the final boss. What makes them easier? Is it just less hits before they're down, or they no, don't have certain moves? Some of, like, some of them have fewer phases. Okay. Or like there are fewer enemies that appear, like small enemies that appear on the screen during it. Or like... There's one with the dragons and the moving platform, like moving clouds that you're jumping between, and the clouds will move slower, things like that. Hmm. So, still fucking loving that game. Still hard as shit. And I, this Monday, uh, la la la, December's Game Pass challenge this week or this year month. What the fuck is wrong with me? Everything, Chad. Everything is wrong with you. This month of DCM Bray. <laughs> you don't even know your own name. It's just a disaster. Oh, my God. It's this cookie. It's laced with heroin. Ah. <laughs> it's a protein heroin cookie. That's protein heroin is. cookie. You can have ah. as many of them as you want. Oh, it's so good. Hey, <laughs> December's the month. Game Pass has a challenge. The mm. challenge includes playing Game Pass games for a certain amount of hours. So it's 5, 10, and 15 hours. So, I decided Xbox checkbox <clears throat> number two. I already played Ge- Gears of War 1 before, but I never beat 2. So, I'm back and started playing 2. And um, I like those games. I like Gears I, of War. I've, I've, I'm trying to think if I've played the first I've played the first one. I don't know if I beat it because I never owned it. I'm not sure if I rented it or anything like that. I remember always liking them and always wanting them. They have a yeah. really cool aesthetic to them. Yeah. They're they the, really, I remember my they, best friend in high school had one it was like the first time i saw next gen graphics and that, that's the first game that you look at and you're like <gasps> and now you look back and you're like wow that doesn't it still yeah. looks good definitely but it's funny how that changes because i remember the same thing that was 
was that the first year the 360 came out was Gears of War? Because I'm pretty sure that was one of the first like, I think it was, next yeah, gen like, games. Like, launch window ish titles, I think. Next gen in quotations. Next gen. So yeah, next I've been playing gen. Gears of War 2. Liking it. Um what else did I play? Oh, guess what came out today? Destiny 2 Curse of Osiris DLC. You so playing I that? that? I downloaded it from work today. So I will be playing that tonight. I'm, st I'm still surprised you're this into Destiny. I don't know why. Dude, Destiny 2 is good. That's why. Whatever you say, Chad. Whatever it's you good. say. I mean, yeah, I did take a month off of it because I had other shit to do. And it was like, okay, I'm ready for the expansion. Oh, God, I got something in my throat. It's probably cookie. <laughs> oh, don't eat and talk at the same time, kids. Do as I say. Don't do as I do. If you're driving, good for you. You have a car. I'm glad. But <laughs> don't eat and drive and talk. You'll die. Okay. I think that's all I played. I don't know. I thought about Super Mario Odyssey a little bit. You thought about but it? I didn't play it. I didn't think about playing it, but I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I like that game, too. It's a good game. I played a little bit of Odyssey. I've been playing... Even after you got all of the moons? Yeah. So... Who are you? Holden Depardo. No, so I've been going back and just kind of playing games that I'm thinking about for Game of the Year. Just to kind of re-remember. So you played even though more Zelda. That's it. I did play more Zelda, but I played other stuff, too. Played other stuff as well. But I'm not going to tell say what the games are, because I don't want to spoil what I'm considering as my Game of the Year. Potentially. What the fuck so, is this segment? Uh, what I've been playing, but I've been playing other things besides that. So I can still talk. Everyone knows what you're considering for Game of the Year. Everyone knows it's Zelda and Mario, and you're going to go towards Zelda. No, I thought we were doing a top five. So I was <laughs> considering like, the top five <laughs> games. Those are absolutely up there for sure. If you've been listening to the podcast and you have listening comprehension skills, you know that that's what I'll be <laughs> picking. Um, no, I've also been playing um, separate from Game of the Year stuff now. Um, I found this really cool mobile game, and it's... Wait. is it Boost 3? No, they don't have a Boost 3. Oh. They only have Boost 2. <laughs> but I did play that this week. <laughs> oh my god, of course you did. I love that game. So, um, this game, I'm going to lay it out for you. It sounds so stupid. What's the name of it? And it is kind of stupid, but it's awesome. It's called HQ. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so... My whole family's who, playing it. Yeah, so for people who don't know, I think this is awesome. Um, the idea is that it is a live trivia game show through an app on your iPhone. And so you just, every at night at 9 p.m. and every weekday at 3 p.m., they will have a live host give you 12 trivia questions, and if you answer all 12 questions, you will win real money. It'll go to a PayPal account, and you get it the next day. And I downloaded it on Friday, and I have done it every single time it airs. Including just before the podcast. We're recording this just after an, an HQ. I got to the final question one time. Um, I was very proud of myself. But I always get stumped on the music-related questions, because I just don't know... Lyrics. Lyrics are like just any musicians, really. Like, one of them was, uh, what is the top... What is the only singer to have... Uh, two songs in the Billboard uh, top ten at the same time. Is and it, it was multiple Dr choice or fill in blank? It's multiple choice. Uh, yeah. There are three options. It was Taylor Swift, Drake, and, and Ed Sheeran. And I'm like, I don't know, Taylor Swift. Because I don't even know any songs by these people. So how would I possibly know that? 
I got it wrong. It was Ed Sheeran. But they have some really tough questions. They start off super easy. Like tonight's, the first question was, uh, what is one of the, which continent lies mostly below the, the South Equator, South America, Europe, or Asia? It's like, well, one of those has the word South in it. <laughs> so I'm going to choose that one. Um, but there are sometimes you get to see, what's kind of cool is you get to see how many people answered each question. Yeah. And so there are some where, though they call them savage questions, where they just knock out so many people. There was one that knocked out, I want to say like 150,000 people out of like 200,000 that were playing at that point. Dang. And it was like, what uh, is the company Trek 2000 known for? And it was like notebooks, mountain bikes, or USB drives. Bikes wrong Damn. it's actually usb drives most people said bikes and it's funny as i accidentally hit usb drives i'm like damn it it was bikes i'm not gonna get it <laughs> and then i was like one of like a few thousand people who got past that that was the time i made it to the the last round but didn't make it it was like what does estee lauder start off with in 1946 so like a um a makeup company and it was like lipstick um uh, skin lotion and something else and i said lipstick and it was skin lotion I was very, I was very upset. I was Lip very, very upset. Lipstick skin lotion. Oh mm. my gosh! Well, there are three skin. options. It's fun. It's it's kind of cheeky. Like the uh, the the host is very animated and kind of wacky. And like one times it opened up and he's reading a book, being like, "You're right, Janice," and he just threw the book to the side and be like, "Hey guys, like it's the HQ show." He just is kind of like wacky and zany and fun. It's cool. I I have really enjoyed it, and it's like I want to keep doing and I want to get the word out there because I think it's really cool. So it's like, I who think, wants to be I, a millionaire? But Everyone well, you're not really going to get that much money. It's it's you're splitting a thousand dollars at the end between everyone who won. But so far, I've seen that range from people winning fourteen dollars to winning three hundred dollars. It just depends wow. on. No matter what, it's free money. Yeah, totally. And I just wish I had the amount of time in my life to do things like play every single round of it since Friday. <laughs> it's it doesn't take that long. It's like twelve minutes. Yeah, but I'm a working adult man, so. Well, I go to school, so I can make my own time i guess yeah. yeah yeah so that was really fun i also have been playing another game which is much grander and wider in scope and that is xenoblade chronicles 2 oh you got that for the switch i got that for the switch i i will say i dabble in jrpgs i so dabble in jrpgs my name is holden depart and i dabble i don't play them very often i think i can count on my hand the number of uh of uh, jrpgs i've played and I think all of them start with final and end in fantasy with some sort of numeral. <laughs> like, so my experience is not very wide. Uh, you I'm, played, uh, you played, was it I Am Setsuna? I no. did play I Am Setsuna, that's right. Yeah. I did play that on uh, on Switch, which was very good. I liked that game a lot. Uh, and it's fun. I like it a lot. It's not, it's by no means one of the best Switch games. I think there was a ton of hype because oh, the yeah. originals in Oblade, and we'll, I have this in the review uh, roundup coming up later on, what people's thoughts are on it, but there was a ton of hype because Xenoblade Chronicles, the original on the Wii, is considered one of the best JRPGs of all time. And of all time? Of all time, yeah. Um, I don't know if I ever heard that about it. Or at least of the generation or something like that. It was okay. considered like the best JRPG of bubble or something. And I like this game a lot. I it's It's just tough to get into. It's really, really tough to get into. I don't know how long I've been playing it because there's this bug where when I put the Switch in sleep mode, it's still tracked oh, game time. Yeah. So it says I played like 25 hours, but it's really probably been more like five or so. And 
I'm still getting tutorial stuff nonstop because mm. this game is so deep. There is so much to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's kind of crazy. The combat looks really simplistic. It kind of works like a RuneScape or like an MMO where you just kind of walk up to the enemy, you hit A, and you just kind of start slashing at them. Yeah. But then it's you have you can make your attacks more powerful by timing what are called arts, which are like special moves with when you're hitting them. So it's kind of like a pattern of like one, two, three, one, two, three. And if you hit with one of your arts on the third hit, just as it hits your enemy, then you go for another attack that's more powerful. So it's kind of like your timing and how you're timing your your um, your companions moves at the same time kind of add up and there's like elements to think about that kind of stuff and they keep adding things to it and it keeps getting deeper and deeper and people who say that like there are 50 hours in the game are still seeing tutorial stuff that's new to add to the combat system so it seems there's a lot to do there but it is hard man like there, if you go to an enemy that you're on the same level of no problem is cakewalk to beat them but you're in these massive fields that have I don't know a range of level like seven enemies to level 90. And so you'll walk in somewhere and you'll see the guy's level 90 tag. And you're like, well, shit, I'm not supposed to be here. And you start to <laughs> run away and he starts chasing you down and he just gets you in one hit every single time because he's, you know, many, 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 many times more powerful than you. So it, it kind of hinders the exploration because I kind of feel like I'm on like a narrow path because I can only sure. go in certain areas. But it's enjoyable. The story seems like every other JRPG I've played before. Um, so it doesn't seem anything like terribly unique, but I like it. It's a really good looking game, except when you play it in undocked mode. The the um I, th- I can't I think it was um who were the guys earlier this year who got a chance to look at the Xbox One and were able to like tell you how powerful it was? What are they called again? Uh, Digital Foundry. Yeah, Digital Foundry. I think they did like a, an analysis of this game, and I can't remember what it runs at when it's in docked mode it's at least 720p because it looks pretty good on my tv yeah. when it goes to undocked it goes down to like 368p Gross. Or <laughs> and so when you're looking at these massive like wide landscapes the details are just gone and at times it can kind of look sort of cool when you're just looking at the character models close up and they have this more like slightly like high res retro look to them almost so it's kind of cool it doesn't look like pixelated or anything it's just, like the anti-aliasing gets pretty bad yeah so there are times where I'm like, okay, that doesn't look like terrible. Like there's kind of like an, almost a kind of a cool like aesthetic to it, but does it look like it's, a blown it's, up 3ds game? It looks like a blown up 3d, like a really good 3ds game with really good draw distance. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's it's totally playable still. Like it's not like it's sure. unplayable. Like I can still read text and things like that, no problem. It's just like the game world and the textures kind of go into lower resolution. Gotcha. But um, it also is. I'm not a fan of anime at all like i just don't care for anime nothing against it it's just yeah. not my thing and this is just super japanese <laughs> there are just so many moments where it's like the characters go what and like their eyes like turn like completely white or something because they're you know crazy surprised by something or there are like those annoying animal characters that <laughs> i will talking say, like, cat yeah there's, a, there's like these talking like fat bunny things that their hands look like their ears or something. I don't know. It's weird. They're called pon-pons or something like that, I think. I don't know. I'm I'm probably wrong about that. They're not as annoying as I thought they were going to be because every review is like, and then there was these stupid bunny cat things. I didn't hate them as much as I thought I would, but they they do that thing where they don't talk in proper English. They're like, we like um, the, uh, 
they're talking to like oh yeah like they they talk to rex the guy's name is rex and they always call him rex rex i call you rex rex because double name more important or something like that (laughs) they just talk in really weird like broken english yeah drink that water but i like it i mean it's it's enjoyable it's something that i'm just kind of probably chip away slowly at for a while sure i'm by no means like super invested in it where i'm like i gotta play this nonstop. like sky with arms I liked ARMS a lot. So I, <laughs> I think ARMS is better than if you're going to say, like, I don't know, a Switch okay. game you should get immediately. Okay. But we'll, okay. we'll do our best games of the, of the year later on. Hey, do you still play? I was wondering, because the fall-off seems to be significant on this one. Do you still play Pocket Camp? Animal Crossing you, Pocket Camp? A little bit. Not, like, the first few days I got it, I did a lot. And I'm doing a little bit every once in a while, but it's, like, every other day or something like that. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I have I have pocket news, pocket camp news. We're gonna talk pocket about pocket news, pocket news, pocket news with Polden to Parpar. That's exactly. I'm Rex Rex. Anything Parpar. else you've been playing? Um, I have. Yeah, I know. I I did play a little bit of this game. Do you know Game Dev Story? I've heard of it. Yes, it's a mobile game. I go back to occasionally, and every time I I played it many many times at this point. Every time I play it, I get super wrapped up, and it's the only thing I do for literally hours on end. And it's so stupid, but it's awesome. It's a gaming company simulation game where you start off super small. Like, you're just in, like, a tiny little office with two employees making video games, and you decide, do I want to make a simulation pirate game? And then you make that, and based on, like, how well-trained your staff is, you can make a game that's of a certain quality and then you start to get more money so you can hire better people and then you can make consoles eventually and it's really charming and awesome it's yeah. just so awesome and i got really ecstatic when every time i've played it it's been still like iphone 4 supported like it wasn't even it didn't even go up to iphone 5 not only is it now supported on iphone on all iphone models it's also supported on an iPad. So I immediately downloaded it on an iPad. And I'm like, I got big this big screen dad. version of it. It was great. So I like that game. Fun game. I recommend it. I think it's like five bucks. But the guy's name is Karyosoft is the developer. And that's all they do is just make these sim- like these 8-bit simulation games. Or I guess they're like 16, 8-bit, kind of quasi in between. And there's like one called Grand Prix Story where you're making uh, a go-kart company. And like you race and compete against other companies, they're really they're really fun. There's just too many of them. Like that's all they do. They have them ranging from the two I just mentioned to running a super um a super uh, like a super mega mall. A mega mall story is the name of that one. You have like a uh, you can run a hot spring in Japan. One where you have like a so- <laughs> like a soccer team. Like there's just all sorts of stuff. I've I like the Grand Prix story and game dev story the most, but. They're they're huh. really fun games. I highly recommend them. I think they're worth it. I need to find more mobile games. I would recommend. If you're looking for a mobile game, I actually would recommend it. It's super fun. It's a very well done game. Speaking of mobile games, shout out to David Ramirez. Who David Ramirez. I haven't seen that guy me. in a long time. I know, right? He stood us up for one of these things. He was supposed That's to be right. like our first guest. That's and right. We had, to, we had to be like, listen... Not cool, man. We're going to replace you with someone much better. Who was it? I don't remember. I think it was someone Travis. Cool. Was it Travis was our first was guest? Travis Travis was the first guest for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah it was Travis. And Travis yeah. is obviously much better. So, boom. That's science. Anyway, Travis shout out to David Ramirez for showing me. Because Travis is awesome. There's an app for your phone and iPad called R-Play that you can remote play your PS4 to. 
Oh, really? And it has you can either do like touchscreen support, you can do DualShock support, you can do regular I iOS would gamepad love support. I to see someone try to play like Destiny or something like that in touchscreen mode. <laughs> oh just, my god, I can't. I bet it's horrible. Once I figure, I, I did. I fucked up my remote play somehow with my Airport Extreme time capsule, whatever the goddamn shit, and I gotta fix that. But once I do, I'm gonna download this app and I'm gonna play Destiny just for you with touchscreen controls. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to be terrible. <laughs> I want to see that. I have a surprise for you, Chad. Oh, my God. Tell me my surprise. Wait, uh, let me guess it. Is it another cookie? No. I'm sorry I ate that cookie so long, everyone. It was just a really big cookie. It's okay. We've eaten Chipotle burritos on this podcast it's true. before. I'm also really sorry if you can hear me farting. I ate a, a lot of sloppy joes today. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just an adult man with adult needs, and those needs are farting. I'm in my own home. Don't judge me. Well, I can't hear your farts Good. but i can hear me saying this awesome surprise right now terrible Good segue. segue terrible segue so i just thought this was kind of cool so there is this it, what was the name of the company i can't remember this company but they showed a bunch of people different Midway. logos for games and they said do you recognize yeah. these logos and i was really surprised by which ones were the most recognizable so i'm going to name the logos to you and i want to see if you can guess what the, the top three most recognized logos were okay so, and I'm going to, they are listed in order, so I'm going to say them out of order as to not give you any hints. Oh. So, so whatever you say first, it's not number one. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so, I'll do one of the surprise one to kind of throw it off for you. Okay. Triforce, The Legend of Zelda. Okay. Hylian Crest, The Legend of Zelda. There's two of them on there. Okay, okay. Nuka-Cola, Fallout. The Witcher Medallion, from The Witcher. Okay. Life Invader, Grand Theft Auto V, Mortal Kombat logo, okay. the Horde Crest World of Warcraft, the Lambda from Half-Life, Halo Symbol, and Umbrella Corporation from Resident Evil. Okay, so this is tough because some of these things, I don't even know what they look like, but it's because like I don't play Grand Theft Auto, so I don't know what the Whatever Invader is. Just really but, looks more than the I game, know that like... Yeah, but it yeah. sold a banillion copies. That's a, a number, banillion. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to guess what the top three are most yeah. recognizable. I was surprised by this. I'm gonna say, like they're all popular games, of course. Yeah. So it's not like yeah. super surprising, but it just wouldn't be the ones I would suspect. I'm gonna go Hylian Crest followed mm-hmm. by Mortal Kombat symbol followed by Umbrella Chronicles, or Umbrella. You're thing. really close. Yeah. So, number three is Hyrulean Crest. Okay. At 76% of people recognizing that one. Number two is the Halo symbol at uh, 79%. Halo, I can't even, like, off the top of my head right now, I don't even know, like, what do they mean Halo symbol? What does that look like? I'm holding it up to the camera for you. It's like a circle. Oh, yeah, yeah, with, fuck with it. The okay. dot, yeah. Yep. Um, the O of Halo. Yeah. And then um, number one with 85%. So, much better than halo and zelda mortal kombat logo the dragon i was really surprised by that because mortal kombat is just not something that's in the zeitgeist anymore and gets talked about an awful lot are you kidding me there have been two movies (laughs) yeah two movies that people love and it was a hugely controversial game in the 90s so all parents know it because of the blood i guess it was only unless you were playing on super nintendo yeah so and I thought that was interesting. Even my roommate, like my roommate doesn't play video games, but she literally has a Nintendo Wii and only yeah. 
Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's true. That is. I always thought it was really funny. Yep. That's like the the last system you would think to get that on. Like yep. I bought a Nintendo <laughs> Wii for Mortal Kombat. Yep. Now here's the the biggest surprise. What's the the least recognizable one? Witcher. Second. That's the second least recognizable one. Okay. This one's really shocking. I thought this was really surprising, considering what was in the top three. Well, you've just given me all the clues for the Triforce. Yeah, the Triforce is the least yeah. recognizable. So 76% of people recognize the Hylian Crest, but only 35% of people recognize the Triforce. And the Triforce the crest has the Triforce yes, in it, right? The Crest has the Triforce in it. It was really weird for me, but all right. All that right. was interesting. And I think there's also, they added on this too, um, 39% of people who recognize these logos were born in the 90s, 28% of people who recognize the logos were born in the 80s, 20% from the 70s, and 11% from the 60s. Ooh. Just because video games is a newer thing. Video games, man. Video games. Science. All that science, which brings us to news. Nudes? Send us nudes. Wait, don't you want to do reviews first? Up to you. We can do reviews. Well, or fucking first. write it in the note how you want it to be. Because it says what we're playing followed by reviews. Okay, well then we'll do and reviews. And then you snuck in this surprise in here. <laughs> fucking getting my panties all excited. I just want you to be on your feet. Get Agile on your feet. It's Gloria Estefan, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think so. I don't have no idea. You're asking the wrong person. Remember, I don't know songs lyrics it in it. Happen. <laughs> well, if you ever get a question in, in HQ saying who sings Get On Your Feet, Gloria Estefan. Why should that be like the game-winning question and I win all $1,000 because nobody else knew that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very unlikely. So, well, I guess we're doing reviews because you just bullied me into that. That's right. And we don't yeah. fight on this podcast. No, we just bully each other subtly. <laughs> yep. So, we're going to do three games. We have Xenoblade Chronicles 2. We have... Oh. Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2, which is kind of combined into one. And then we have Doom VFR. Very fucking reality. I mean, I think virtual, it's virtual fucking, fucking reality. reality yeah. yeah. But I, I do love that's what it's called. So, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has an 84% on Metacritic. 52% of the, sorry, 52 of those reviews are positive, five are mixed, and there are no negative reviews. No for the negative game. reviews. No, actually, it's funny is that none of the games have had negative reviews that I've done, which is pretty interesting. Um, so, the highest review on for uh, Zombie Chronicles 2 was from RPG Gamer. They said it has tons of depth that ties well into the gameplay. It's one of the finest titles of the year, but it is hard to meet expectations as the first game, uh, as, as the first game, since the first game was just so good. But mm. everything it does, it does really well. I don't agree with that, but I think there are some things it does not very well at all. Like, it has probably some of the worst sound mixing I've seen in a game. Oh, really? I had to go in the settings and adjust the characters over the music because the music is so loud. It's gorgeous music, but it's so loud I can't hear the characters talking, and I don't like to use subtitles. So I brought the – I had to like bring it up because I missed major portions of the story because I don't oh know what God. people were saying. It was ridiculous. But it's, it's every other JRPG, right? It's every other JRPG. So you don't have to worry about the story. Yeah. <laughs> the lowest... There are some really, really great JRPG stories. So. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying that at all. But there, there's definitely, like, the stereotypical structure for a JRPG. Not that the stories are bad, but the structure is very similar. Sure. Uh, amongst the one I played, at least. Again, all mine end in fantasy and begin with final. Uh, 
Stiviver gave it the lowest score of 65, and they said it's not bad, it will just only be appreciated by JRPG fans because it's so deep. And amongst all the reviews that's kind of seeing for Xenoblade Chronicles, it seems like the consensus is that, like I already said, the animal characters are annoying, the story can feel generic, and that it takes too long to build up to the plot of the game. Like right now I can say I'm five hours in and there's so many like open threads. I'm like, I don't know what the main plot of the story is. Like I know there's this thing that they have to get to Elysium, but there's no mention of how they can do that or like what characters are stopping them, why a character would want to stop them. Like there's just so much that I don't know yet. Yeah. And not and not in a great way. Um but it's gotten very good reviews. It seems like anyone who's played it has enjoyed it. There's good. no one who completely dislikes the game. What does the Shulk amiibo do in this game? That's very important to me. Actually, I don't know. Oh my god, get out. Fucking, you're fired. <laughs> Tell me about the next game, though. Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2, 77 on Metacritic. 10 These were positive. both originally 3DS games? Question so, mark? Resident Evil Revelations was a 3DS game, but it came out on PlayStation uh, um, 4 and Xbox One later on, and Revelations 2 was only for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Gotcha. Um, it got a 77 now both on switch. Yeah, both are on switch now and they're 20 bucks each, by the way. Good. Which is a good, good for you. I, I, at some point I might get Resident Evil Revelations cause I would like a survival horror game on my switch. Yeah. And I think I have it free on, I think it was a PlayStation plus game. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I've wanted to play it. I tried playing on 3ds, but playing a shooting, a shooting game on 3ds is not awesome. So I played the demo and just never wanted to pick it up. Yeah. But I've heard it was still good on that as well. But God is a Geek gave it an 85 as the highest review for the Switch version. They said it's a perfect RE game for Switch. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I can think of many of the Resident Evil games I'd rather have on Switch. It has fantastic motion controls and lots of content because all the DLC for both games are included in each one, which is kind of a standard if you're going to re-release yeah. uh, a game. The lowest score also was... was episodic, right? The second one was. So it better include all the episodes. That'd be hysterical. Like it's 20 bucks <laughs> for the first episode. You had to pay for the other ones after that. It's like an $80 game by the end of it. And it's just a standard like eight-hour game. Hardcore Gamer gave it a 70. They said Capcom did a solid job porting the game over to Switch. A couple hiccups um, in the execution, however. So apparently there are points where it can get a little framey, but nothing too drastic. I actually didn't see many reviewers complaining about that at all. The biggest criticism I saw was just more of Resident Evil Revelations 2, which doesn't have great environments. Like, they're just all pretty bland in the same. Like, it's you're in a mental hospital. Yeah. Big surprise that you're in a harder game in a mental hospital. But the first game does have a very, very cool location where you're on a, a boat in the middle of the ocean. Which oh, my is, God. Is it the boat from Uncharted 3? Because that blew my mind. The uh, no, it's actually 3. the boat from Titanic. No spoilers uh, in how it ends. The boat from Titanic. What was the name of it? I don't remember. Was it Good Britannica? Question. I think it was Queen Elizabeth. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed Queen Elizabeth. Um, be, so the other kind of thing you're saying is that because you can buy them separately, just buy the first one. It's the better, <laughs> it's the better of the two. The Metacritics I pulled up were for both games, but I should point out that separately they were also reviewed. And the first game got much better reviews than the second game did. So if you're going to buy one, you're like, hey, I have 20 bucks. I want to buy a survival horror game for the Switch. Don't buy the second one. Buy the first one. It doesn't have the co-op stuff that the second one has that differentiates it. But the first one is apparently still the better game overall. And when, even when it first came out, I remember it getting lauded just for having a return to 
survival horror mechanics. And this was before Resident Evil 7 went back to the roots of the survival horror mechanics. So it seems to be a pretty good game. Doom VFR, however... Oh, got, tell me all about this. Got more mixed reviews. It got a 71, okay. so it's not bad by any means. Yeah. Um, eight were positive, 10 were mixed. Still no negative reviews. And I think this is a great example of just a game where the best review and the worst review are in such contrast with each other. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, six axis gave the game a 90. That was the highest review. They said it's the best example of a VR game built for the ground up uh, for VR. Movement could use some improvements because you use the teleportation method where you just kind of like jump across. The other side is Upload VR said found the control scheme was frustrating and awkward to fight against while playing. Feels that the VR support is holding the game back. Like it could have been better if it wasn't in VR. And I think it just comes down to you look around the environment, it's cool you're, you're in Doom and fighting demons in VR, but I think the movement just killed it for all these people. And it does, like, what I loved about Doom is the fluidity of the movement movement, right. and how I could just move around so quickly and, like, shotgun a demon, and then I was already flying across the room to shoot something else. Whereas this, since you're teleporting, it's like, I'm going to stand in place, shoot some demons, then jump to that side of the room, and then shoot some more demons. And it just feels like that kills the vibe of what made doom so unique so if it wasn't in vr it'd be a great doom game but it, because it's in vr it people are not liking that so the, the whole six axis game it's the best example of a vr built for the ground up i am very surprised to see such a bold statement when no one else seems to be saying yeah. that. <laughs> no one thinks it's bad like it apparently runs fine and all that it's just not ideal like if you're gonna buy a vr game you shouldn't get Doom VFR first. Sure. But I think just, and this is apart from the reviews at this point, I still think it's kind of cool that you're seeing big companies like Bethesda taking a risk and trying Yeah, something I absolutely love that. We're going to see a lot of shit with VR. We're just going to. We're not going to see a lot of not great stuff come out on VR at first. Because that's just how it is. Yep. When we have these <laughs> new the, platforms like that. This is the minigame craze of the Wii. You know, yeah, exactly. Everybody's like, oh my god, new control screen, new everything, I want to try it out. And then uh, we're like, even all right, that, we'll see at, what matters stick. Look at the Atari game like game systems before like the NES came out. So many of those games were complete crap because it's like things hadn't been figured out in terms of game design in a way that other developers had figured out by the time the NES came out. So yeah. I think it's like, we're just figuring out how these games work in VR. We're just in that awkward phase. V, uh, VR is in puberty right now. It's just going to yeah, be Yeah, it's in those awkward teenage years. Yeah. But that's all we got for the reviews. But, I mean, nothing was bad. Like, it sounds like anything you buy this week, you're not going to have a bad experience with. But there might be Especially other... Especially Destiny 2, Curse of Osiris DLC, out yeah. now. Which there are not reviews for yet, so maybe next week we'll see some maybe. reviews for that. But in the meantime, there's some awesome stuff that happened this week. Tell me about it. Let's jump into it. Um, do you want to go first? Or want to, me to news, go first? news, news. I want to. I want to talk. You've been talking enough. No, I've not been okay? doing enough talking. My voice is beautiful. You motherfucker. Speaking of VR, <laughs> uh, I think that's what you're doing. Yeah. This is a cool story. Yeah. Speaking of Doom VR and Bethesda, there's actually a really cool program that Sony started, and it was so yeah. successful it is now full, where they were reaching out to select PlayStation Plus members and offering them a free PlayStation VR trial. You know, now that PlayStation or now that VR in general has been accessible to the public for over a year, um, you don't find as many like demo kiosks in retail stores. So there's not really a way to try out VR a whole lot unless you have a friend who has one or something Mm -hmm. like that. So PlayStation has been contacting those like people and offering them, hey, 
we'll send you a PlayStation VR headset. We'll send you a set of move controllers, a camera, and Skyrim VR. And you can try it for two weeks. No we'll move controllers, though. It does come with move controllers. I was reading it doesn't come with move controllers. Well, you read it wrong. This says, the trial bundle includes a PlayStation VR headset, a PlayStation camera, two move controllers, and a copy of Skyrim oh, VR a Sony, and Sony's PSVR demo disc 2.0. Well, Game, and, uh, Game Informer's website did not say that. They got it wrong, I guess. They did. I mean, it's the, it's the Skyrim bundle. Okay. It, it's, it is the Skyrim bundle they're sending you, which is 450 bucks. It is also right now the only place to see to do the 2.0 VR headset. Oh, interesting. Now, is this going to be, like... Let's say you like it. You're like, hey, I just want to buy this. Can I just have this? Or do you have to yeah. send it back? Yeah, so you have, you have 14 days. And if you decide... They charge your card 300 bucks when they send it to you. If after 14 days, you decide to send it back, they refund you for 300 bucks. If you decide to keep it, then they just... That's it. You paid 300 bucks for a $450 bundle, which is pretty awesome. That actually is a really good deal. I should <clears throat> yeah. sign up for that. Uh, well, it's full. It was so successful that within no. two days, it completely They can make up. an exception for me. You're exactly right. Don't you know who we are? We're on Split Screen Gaming Podcast. <laughs> Why don't All you right. go for, for another yeah, one? Yeah, you talk. You talk. You, I oh, talk me go for another one? All right. Yeah, go sticking with Sony. This is really awesome. I guess this technically came out before we did, uh, uh, during last week's episode, but we missed it. Um, PlayStation said that Black Friday this year was the most successful Black Friday they've had in mm -hmm. their 22 years of existence, 22 year history, which is surprising sold, considering how old the PS4 is now, and also how the PS4 Pro came out last year. Yeah, and all those years that the PS2 was super dirt cheap and available, like amazing, amazing. That's very, very cool. They sold more PS4s this year than they've ever sold for a system on Black Friday. Awesome. Congratulations, Sony. Nintendo Consoles are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was, I hated those rumors or that talk so much. Nintendo and another new story also had a great Black Friday. Yeah, they did. They Go. had the best selling console on Black Friday, which is especially interesting because it wasn't on sale. Yeah. People just wanted to buy it. Here's the thing though. It wasn't on sale, but if I want to buy a pro controller, if I want to buy some games to the Switch when I get it, that stuff was still on sale. So for a consumer going into the store, kind of for them there were discounts that would have made it more appealing so yeah i mean i think it's the deepest discounts i saw though on control like you could get 12 dollars off some joy cons which are 80 bucks yeah they're really expensive like, so it still wasn't like that much of a discount which makes it even more impressive yeah no i think it just says that the demand for switch is super super high super hot super hot which makes sense because um they have some cool stuff coming up apparently there are some rumors that uh this guy named marcus sellers he's an industry insider he was talking on twitter and saying that bandai namco is going to be making some big announcements on december 15th a lot of which are very nintendo focused Ooh. bandai namco is from software bandai namco you all know them from when they used to be namkai bando Yes, no, and they just, Nam Namco Bandai. <laughs> and then they just switch their name the other way around for some reason. Yep. Um, but apparently one of these games that's being rumored is Dark Souls for Switch. Oh, stop it. Stop teasing it's, yourself, Holden. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm so oh convinced of this. Oh, my gosh. From Software is a listed developer that Nintendo has set on stage as making games. I know. see nothing from them. I it's going to be Dark Souls. It's coming out, I think, it's, next year. They're they're done with dark souls for now and whatever new thing they're working on is also coming to switch that's the truth of it that's what i've decided 
this it's gonna truth. be a Dark Souls one remaster or even just a port for Switch. That's what I'm thinking. We'll find out December fifteenth. Apparently, that's we when we're making indeed. these announcements. So big stuff there. When I got two dates for you. You have two dates for me. I have two dates. One, Travis Manning. This one's for you. Although I'm sure you already know this and are geeking the fuck out. This Saturday on December 9th uh, until December 12th, you can try out Monster Hunter World. There's an open beta on Ooh. PlayStation 4. You can preload it starting on December 8th, so you have that whole three-day area to um, play on it. So, Travis, go download that on the – on what is that? What day is that even? Friday is the preload day? 8th? Is that – how does time work? I haven't heard of the story, so you tell me. Uh, Monster Hunter World – you know what's weird? Monster Hunter World, we'll get to this in a second. Shut up. No, we'll talk about this later. Stop forcing me. <laughs> the 26th of January is when it launches on PlayStation 4, Xbox One. By the way, the, the open beta for some reason is only on PlayStation 4. I guess, I don't know. Monster Hunter used to have like a history on... No, it hasn't. It's always been Nintendo. No, no. It was uh, really big no. on PSP for a while. Oh, and then 3DS, right, right, it was like, right. oh, Monster Hunter's on Nintendo now? It was, it was a weird thing for it to be on Nintendo. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah. Sony is pressing hard to make sure that... Monster Hunters Worlds stays on PS4 and doesn't go to the Switch specifically. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing for them right now. Another date. God of War release date has potentially leaked. According to every article ever in every news site, Sony accidentally put up a, a date <laughs> on the yeah, U.S. PlayStation This isn't even store. a rumor. This is an oops. <laughs> yep. Uh, God of War is now listed for March 22nd, which we predicted would be a March release date because we're yep. amazing. I think and you predicted that. Let's give you work. the credit. Let's give you the You're credit. Right. You predicted right. that. I'm the best. I'm amazing. God of War has usually traditionally come out in March. So yeah, March 22nd, it looks like. the Amazon also lists the art book for it coming out on March 15th, which would be mm -hmm. pretty appropriate for it release date-wise. <clears throat> so that's coming only a month after... Shadow of the Colossus. It's like a month and a half. You're like a like, month and a half. No, I'm 24 years old, Chad. Oh, my God. Don't tell the world that. They're going to steal your identity. <laughs> <laughs> they can throw my social security number, my PIN number for my credit card, all that that's, for. That's all. That, whenever you open a credit card, all they ask is your age. <laughs> not even your birthday, just your age. Name, not important. Just give us your birthday. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> okay, those are the two dates I had. Go. All right, I got some more stuff. Actually, I want to go back to some more um, from software really quickly. Um, from software, I made a comment on Armored Core's future. It's another franchise they'd worked oh, on. Yeah. They said they're not done with it. They said we'd be happy if you could wait a little longer. Yeah. That's exciting. I have a feeling that announcement's going to happen possibly as soon as this month. <laughs> announcements, not. No. We'll get to it. We'll get okay. to it. Okay. 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 Here's the thing: I'll the just PS, say no again a PS later. theme comes out tomorrow. A PS4 okay. theme. So they are already trying to get this in An people's minds. An Armored Core PS4 theme? Yeah. Okay, cool. So it comes out tomorrow. They're not going to do that and say, okay, now in six months we'll start talking about yeah. like a, an announcement that we're working on the on a game. Does it have any what does use? that say for the fact that PlayStation just put out a PS2 theme? Does that mean PS2 backwards compatibility is coming natively to PlayStation 4? Shut up. Oh but like Armored God. Core is not something in the mind of anyone right now at all, I would say. Also, you can find a theme with a dragon on it or a scantily clad woman. Does that mean that a dating service with dragons and scantily clad women is coming to your PlayStation 4? I don't like that attitude, Chad, but we don't find this podcast, <laughs> so I will bite my tongue. <laughs> um, 
Do you know this is going to be happy right now? Nintendo's not going to be happy right now. Why not? Because some information leaked from EA. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, They had an internal document leak about a game called Fee that they are working on. Oh, yeah, Fee. That actually looks gorgeous. It does look very gorgeous. This is the one I'm remembering. And apparently it's coming to Switch because in the marketing materials that got leaked, they talk about how they're going to show off some more of the game on Switch during a Nintendo Direct in January. Uh, which is kind of semi-elite because they've always done nintendo directs in january it's actually one of their biggest directs of the year even back in 1997 they did no you're right um hey speaking of another oopsie mm -hmm. there did you see tacoma there was like a a press release or something like that or an advertising image i don't remember which one where it said tacoma which is currently an xbox one and pc exclusive and that's all they've ever said it would be it said Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. Oh, did it really? Yeah, it did. That's too funny. That's like um, earlier in the year, uh, GameSpot was showing off game footage of Dark Souls 3, and for some reason it says captured on Nintendo Switch on there. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone went crazy, like, oh my god, do they have an early copy? Like, no, they don't have an early access copy to Dark Souls 3 and the Switch. Because that's not the Dark Souls game coming to Switch, Chad. It's not that one. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, we have more oopsies this week. This is just the oopsies Ooh, week. Lots of leaks. A, hi, welcome to oopsies with games. You know the game Way Out? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm actually that, really looking forward to that one. Same here. You have to wait a long time for it, however, because apparently okay. it's coming out in 2019. Oh, okay. That's what the leak says, which I'm surprised because okay. we heard about the game a long time ago. No, we didn't. We saw yeah. it for the first time in E3. They no, they had, they had talked about it a year before that though. No. Yeah, they. I already when they no. showed off that game, I already knew about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you tell me some more. I'll look it up. All right. Um, I'm saving <laughs> what I think is the weirdest story of the of the uh, of the week, but a few more uh, game. Actually, two game announcements. One is that Shin Megami Tensei Five is coming to the West on Switch. So that's oh. been officially announced, which is I don't play Shin this, Megami uh, Tensei Five. Yeah, Shin Megami Tensei Five. I don't play those games, but it either. is Persona is a spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei Five. Oh, I always knew they were somehow related. I yeah. I should play Persona Four Golden and Persona Five. I should play things. Yeah, I need to play Persona Five. I feel like I just if, I've heard just like Xenoblade Chronicles, it just takes forever to build up and get into it, but it's yeah. really engrossing and great when you do. Just I mean, to let it's you know on... you're wrong, and the game was announced E3 2017. So. That According can't be true. I've known about that game for a while. You haven't. Maybe maybe they have talked about it, like, hey, we're working on this. Are you they sure you're not thinking of the show enough. Prison Break? <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up at some point. I don't want to do it during the show, but I'm I have the feeling that it was announced. Not shown off beforehand. Um another game announcement. This is a huge one, not a game series that I have played, but I can recognize this as a huge announcement. Mega Man Eleven oh let's talk about mega man announced for 2018 it's a 2.5d game it's coming to ps4 xbox one pc and nintendo switch let's talk about mega man 11 first yeah of the two things they announced mega man 11 did you watch the trailer yes i did looks like trash (laughs) (laughs) i hate the art style i hate it it looks just like mighty number nine it does i was just gonna say that that shitty cartoony like 3d-ish sprites on a 2d level mm-hmm. and i hate it i hate it yeah it uh, doesn't look very good hey, who knows the gameplay might be fun but the whole time it, watching it going yes. this looks slow it looks bad it looks like a cheap ripoff of Mega Man, 
Which is exactly yeah. what Mighty Number no. Nine was. Yeah. Made by Inafune. But if you like Mega the Man. older, if you like the older games, good news is they're also releasing <laughs> all the old games next year too. Which I really think is like them saving themselves. Like, look, we know this isn't very good. It's 30th anniversary of Mega Man. We got to do something. Let's just release everything we know they're gonna like as well. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get mad if you release games that they like. So um, they also released Mega Man. They're going to release Mega Man X one through eight. Yes. As a com- a collection on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, and also Mega Man Legacy one and two, which were only available on PS4 and Xbox One, are also coming to Switch. Mm-hmm. Did you play Mega Man at all? I never. So played here's Mega the Man. thing. Here's I never the played thing. Them. I grew up with Mega Man. I you had grew up Mega with Man. Who's in your yes. home? Was he your dad? He was. He was my buddy. Uh, we used to take baths together. <laughs> And he would always get rusty. He'd always take your rubber ducky, and you were like, that's my rubber ducky. No, see, one of the first Game Boy games, old school Game Boy games I had was Mega Man 4. And I played the shit out of that thing. Never really got very far. And then I realized I've played a lot of Mega Man over my life. And I've never beat a Mega Man game before. They're hard, I hear. And I, I have... I own every single Mega Man PS1 classic on PS3, Vita. You bought all of them and never I, beat them. Yeah, I mean, uh, over time, I they were like $2 each. And I was like, you every know Every gamer get does that. But it's one of those things where, like Sonic the Hedgehog, I think I like the character of Mega Man. I think he's really cool as a character. More than the game itself. More than I actually like playing the game. Yeah. And, although, no, wait. I think I finally did. There was a PSP version of Mega Man X, Mega Man Hunter X or something like that that i beat and i liked that a lot well i also just heard that they start off great like the early mega man mega man games are awesome and they get really bad after a while is what i've heard i don't know they're hard they're just they're very hard and if you don't know the boss order like there are certain weapons that work really well in certain stages or on other bosses Mm -hmm. so like they're part of the game is discovering all right which weapon do i use on which boss and then beating the bosses in that order so you gain their weapons it's like, I, you know, I, I said everyone, I was playing Mega Man Legacy Collection. I played Mega Man 2 last last week, and, like, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like Mega Man. I don't like playing Mega Man games. But I like Mega Man, and I wish Mega Man was a cooler. I watched the cartoon. It's amazing how powerful nostalgia is. It really I is. Know, right? Like, I might go back and play, like, Link to the Past and be like, this is the worst game ever made. Why did I ever think this was a good game? <laughs> Who knows? It could happen one day. Good. Um, I want to share this story that share it or i have two nintendo stories okay left and then i have one microsoft story what do you have i have uh battlefront 2 that's it okay let me do the microsoft story the nintendo story and then we'll come back for the last nintendo story which i think is really interesting really unlike nintendo very bizarre but i'm going to tease you we're going to something else less important than that first cool animal cool, crossing cool, pocket cool, cool. camp had got uh, got downloaded onto 15 million devices which looks really good, yeah. except it only made $10 million in nine days, which, if you compare that to Super Mario Run, that made $24 million in nine days, and Fire Emblem Heroes made $33 million in the same time oh. frame. So it's not doing too good, and I'm not surprised, because when you play the game, I've never even felt remotely incentivized to buy anything. Because oh. you only buy Leaf tickets. I've gotten, I have like 400 Leaf tickets I've gotten for free, because I don't feel a need to even ever use them. What do you use them for? What do you buy with them? It depends. So there's you can diapers. Say, say if there's you a buy diaper. Depends with them. If there's a diaper item, yeah, you can use them to get the diapers. I said, what do you buy with them? And you said, depends. It's a brand of diaper. It's a joke. Laugh at it. Ha ha ha. God, learn to laugh better. <laughs> so 
let's say you want to make a bench or something like that to get a certain animal to come to your camp because he wants you to have that bench before he comes over because he's the worst okay. friend ever. And that's how the game works. <laughs> I will only come to your house if you have a bench. That's I how you promise. get all the animals in the game is they'll be like, I'd love to come to your camp, but I need these three furniture items. But I'm a needy piece of shit. If you don't have all like the cotton to make the 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 bench, you can or the um, like the couch or whatever, you can just pay extra leaf tickets to just make it instead. Or gotcha. if it's going to take eight hours to build the bench and you just want ketchup, the whatever animal that is, to come <laughs> over, that's one of the animal's names, to come over, then you will you can pay leaf tickets to speed up the process. Nice. And there's one okay. last thing you can do is there's a place called a quarry where you can mine certain materials that are very valuable and you need to spend 20 leaf tickets to go there. Or you can have five friends vouch for you. Nice. So there's just the, every everything that would make you want to buy leaf tickets there's some alternative way of doing it so i'm not surprised and it's your point which is earlier the drop-off i have heard is pretty huge on it and i think it's just because it's not as good of an animal crossing as the main games are ah what i so mean, we'll probably still see a switch version coming soon oh absolutely yeah there are cool. things that the switch version can learn from this like the friend leveling system and all that is fantastic but the and this has been said so many times in other sites but i think this is worthwhile to mention all the characters generally just say the same things as each other with a certain like little quip at the beginning of it and then the same canned dialogue which the what's made the game so fun and charming is that every character is unique in their own way and they gotcha. all they all have their own little personality and some of that's kind of lost uh, I don't think I think it's totally salvageable. It's still fun. Like they're still doing events. Like there's special Christmas items you can get because it's Christmas, and you have to get candy canes in order to make them. Like they're having fun with it still. So I'm still gonna play it every once in a while. But it's definitely totally just a tease for the Switch version, which hopefully Good. comes next year. Cross my fingers. I hope so because people seem to like it. So I um, want the Switch to succeed. Then I want to get to this news about Microsoft, which I think is super interesting. Go, go, it's go. It's super vague. So the Microsoft um, CEO, um, Satya Nadella, in a shareholders uh, meeting, announced that they're broadening their approach to gaming. He was pretty vague about it. Yeah. But he basically said that, and this is a quote, mobilizing to pursue an expansive opportunity in a hundred plus billion gaming market. I think he means in dollars, obviously on a hundred million yeah. people. That uh, sounds like a whole lot of nothing that he just said. Exactly. But then he said... Um, we are wanting to look at how games are created and distributed and how they're played and viewed. And what I think he's hinting at is a cloud-based system where your box is just connected to a server where the actual game is being processed. Well, that actually follows in line with what we reported on about... We obviously reported on it. Great. <laughs> we reported. Uh, no, because we did all the research. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, whenever they had mentioned, uh, I think it was about a month or two ago, they had said that within three years they want some kind of cloud gaming service. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's what they're kind of going for. And that I had this crazy crackpot theory that's attached to that, which is you not for really right now. You should really stop doing crack. I can't stop doing crack. Crack I'm is whack. To it. Nope, I disagree with that. Crack is awesome. It's not. Okay. I had, I was trying to think of a witty thing Don't to say. Don't do but crack, I everyone. It's bad. I couldn't think of anything witty. So those are just two new stories. I'll talk, I want to talk more about that Microsoft thing at a, at a later date, because I think that's some interesting potential for the future of gaming and all that stuff. But cool. what's happening with Battlefront 2? Battlefront 2, you guys. Just another little pebble into this game that... Uh, it's been very well regarded. I don't, I don't know if we ever <laughs> talked about this, but like the sales, like the physical sales has been super down. Oh, really? Over, over the previous installation. Uh, I mean, some of that could be accounted for with 
you know, rise of digital sales, but likely not all of it. But anyway, um, so the big hullabaloo about it. I'm going to find a different word for that. The big hullabaloo for now. Hullabaloo is a great word. I, yeah, but I've used it so many times on this podcast about it was it's like the amount thing. of credits it's like it takes to unlock shit. You're a dynamite. Dynamite. Uh, the amount of credits it takes to unlock things was ridiculous, and it encouraged the loot boxes, which is why loot boxes are They no just wanted to reward players for their time and effort. Well, they are now rewarding players with more credits for things like oh. arcade mode. It used to be capped at 500 credits. Now it's 1,500 credits per day. You get more payout for certain things. The better you are in the match, the more credits you'll get now as well. Um, so they still have not reintroduced microtransactions where you could pay real money, but they have now they increased will. the amount of stuff you can do. So they're trying to get people back. They've got the DLC coming out for Last Jedi uh, this month as well. So... Yeah, they're well. I'll tell you why they're doing this now. It's not because people floundering. aren't buying; <laughs> they're floundering. Do you hear how badly their stock has dropped? Yes. Last week it was three billion. This week it's dropped six billion, which is, I think it's only like six percent or something like that of their over overall valuation. That's still concerning when that happens. Yeah, two absolutely. weeks because of one game. So I think they want to fix this, but I'm. I hope they do fix it because I don't obviously wish any developer or company goes down. I think they should learn from their mistakes here, which I'm reluctant to think they actually will. <laughs> but we'll see. I'm I hope I I pray for them, Chad. I pray for them. Dear Lord, turn me into a bird so I can fly far, far away from here. <laughs> Tweet at split screen GP if you know what movie that is, and I will draw you a picture of <laughs> of that um, movie. I will draw you a picture of that movie with some video game references in it, and then I'll tweet it back at you. That's true. If you do that, the first person who gets the <laughs> movie correct like so and tweets it, that movie GP, is, I'll do it. The movie is so obvious. No, I'm it's terrible. not. Shut up. I'm terrible at the like, guess this movie from this one quote We're thing. trying to drive our listener interaction, and you're sitting there <laughs> shitting all over them. <laughs> oh, you don't... Uh, I know, all I'm saying is you're going to have to draw a lot of pictures. <laughs> no, I'm saying the first person. The first person who tweets it successfully at, oh, okay. at Split Screen GP. I think you do it for every person who does it. I'm like, you're going to be drawing no. many pictures. I almost ruined the name of the movie, but I didn't because... All right. I respect our listeners. I think this is the most interesting story of the week. Mostly because I'm a huge Nintendo fan. But also because I think this is a really interesting story. Okay. Um, have you heard of this Nintendo-NVIDIA partnership? Oh my god, yes! I thought I added this to my news stories link. This is so interesting. So yes. they're partnering to put HD versions... Uh, Nintendo and NVIDIA are partnering to put HD versions of the Wii and GameCube games on the NVIDIA Shield specifically for China. And they're... The games are, um, they've said so far, are Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, Super Mario Galaxy, New Super Mario Bros. Wii, and Punch-Out. I thought Punch-Out was an odd choice out of those three games before <laughs> it were like huge, great, amazing games. And then Punch-Out, which is still a good game, I'm sure. They're going to cost $10 each, and they're going to be on the NVIDIA Shield. They're all, but again, they're HD versions of the games. That's what freaking, like, that means that Nintendo has been working on HD assets for these games. Yes. It well, means that they've been working on a solution. Are they up-resed or are they remasters? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. But I have they've also problem. been working on a solution to what do we do about these motion controls because now it works with a controller. Yep. I hope this means – now, there have been plenty of times when these things like the Metal Gear Solid remastered like Snake Eater shit was only for a pachinko machine in Japan or something stupid like that from Konami. But – I hope this Nintendo doesn't waste money like that, though. We might see, yeah, like these might 
be on Virtual Console one day soon on Switch. Please. Well, it's not. It's not like it hasn't been talked about. Like one of the big rumors around Virtual Console on Switch has been it's going to have GameCube games. Yeah. And I can't imagine them holding back Virtual Console for this long and then just say the same games we've always had a Virtual Console games now are are available. Like I feel like they're going to have to have something big. And what's bigger than an HD upgrades version of Super Mario Galaxy you can play on your Switch. Bum, 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 bum. But I think you hit the nail on the head with the they're figuring out controller options for some of these games because one of them is also rumored to be Metroid Prime 3. That game yep. absolutely does not work without motion controls yep. unless they change the code. They're not going to change the code for just one market. Like They want right. to make as much money off of that stuff as possible because this Nintendo, everyone knows they love making money. That's <laughs> They're very greedy in that way. That's why they made the gamepad. But 10 bucks each for these games, I have a feeling it's a China-only thing, and here's why. China had a 15-year ban on game consoles unless yeah. the console was made in China. So I think this is kind of like Nintendo saying, hey, we need to get people reintroduced to some of these games that came out over the past 15 years. To get then, them hooked on the Switch. To get hooked on the Switch was what they're releasing next year. So I think that that $10 price will probably go up to like 20 bucks or so. Because Super Mario Galaxy 2 was 20 bucks on the Wii U when you bought that. But it was $10 initially for like the first two weeks or something like that. Yeah. But I think that's just to kind of entice people like, hey, please buy these games and try them out. Because we really want to get your money from the Switch. But we don't want to make money off of these. This is like an advertisement for us, basically. But I am so excited about that. It's really weird and strange that you're going to have Nintendo games on a non-Nintendo system. I think that's the thing that people haven't been talking about too much. I think it's super bizarre that you just don't see that. Minus like the iOS games. But these are games that were made like specifically for the Wii. Yeah. They're not making games specifically for the Shield. It's interesting. But I think it's actually a smart move considering they want to get into that market. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the biggest story of the week, I think. That's awesome. That's so cool. But there's some awesome coming up on Thursday, I believe. Oh, my God. The Game Awards. Thursday. Thursday. Thor's Day. We're in the Game Awards. And we were going to run through uh, the nominations and kind of not necessarily what we think is the best game, but what we think will win. Like what what other people based on the industry and things like that. So we have all the nominees up for all the different categories, and we'll just go like from things that don't matter to us, and we're just going to totally throw away. I'm on, by the way, I'm on the official GameAwards.com Same website. Same here. I'm on the list. Start at the bottom of the list. I'm going to go to the bottom up. You want to go bottom up? Yeah. Right okay. now I'm looking at best Chinese games. <laughs> <laughs> I have a great uh, opinion. We should mark down which one we think it's going to make. I'll take a screenshot of which game we think, and then we'll compare uh, it. <laughs> okay. I just want to let you know, there is been confirmed by by jeff Keeley that the Shik hydro man will not be at this year's game awards the oh the Shik hydro God. man did you did you watch last year's game awards yeah i did i don't remember that though probably the, it... you don't remember the giant fucking razor walking around and they interviewed him and it was it was oh ridiculous my gosh, that's right and they played video games with, and there was a Shik Hydro Man game. They it was ridiculous. they get they get crap for like having um, things like this. The best esports player award presented by Omen by HP. Like yep, having these f- sponsored like <laughs> this is my favorite one. One of their categories is most anticipated game presented by McCafe. I will only be anticipated by a game that's presented by McCafe. Is it most anticipated game or most anticipated game presented by McCafe? Because those are two <laughs> very different things. Yep. Um, okay, so let's start off with this. Let's have, start with that. The aside from Chinese game, 
We'll do. I mean, I don't know. Best Chinese game. Let's do. Let's best fucking Chinese. talk about it. Let's just it. do it. So we have Monument, Monument Valley. Valley Two. You go for it. You, no, I'm gonna let. I'm gonna. We're gonna say them at the exact same time with no. each other. No, no. Okay. Monument You'll... Valley Two. JX3 HD. Ooh, HD this time. Gumballs. Ooh, gumballs. Icy, spelled I C E Y, or King of Glory. Well, based on my very uh, vast knowledge of the Chinese gaming industry. Well, also, just to let you know, this one is fan voted, not chosen by the panel of outlets. Well, I'm in that case, then, in there. it must be gumballs. <laughs> Must be. What other one could it be? No, um, uh, Monument Valley Two is the only one that anyone knows on that list. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. Maybe in Japan, like maybe in Japan, JX Three HD. Oh, yeah, China. China. Um, maybe in China, JX Three HD is huge. They made an HD version of the game. I mean, it must have huge demand behind it. Yeah. So I'm gonna say Monument Valley Two because it's the only one. You're exactly right. Yeah. All right. So I'm taking a screenshot of that. That way we have that and we can remember it. So now we're going to do debut indie game presented by Shik Hydro. I think it's important that we read the um, the descriptions for these two. So what that the best debut indie game means. Oh, I don't have a description. It's new... on mobile. I'm on the mobile oh, site, so I don't I'm see on that. the iPad version. So I'll read them. I'll read the categories then. You can read the nominees. Yeah. Best debut indie game. Recognizing a new independent studio that released its first game in 2017. So this is the first game the studio released. Oh, wait. The developers don't have to use Shik Hydro whenever they shave. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a stipulation no, but the characters do they oh, have to feature okay. the razor prominently in their games <laughs> so here we go we have slime rancher mr shifty hollow knight golf story and cuphead i think this one's a no-brainer cuphead cuphead yeah i agree cuphead. absolutely i like and i like I th- mr shifty but cuphead has been talked about so much everyone loves that game it's fucking perfect it's perfect and it's not gonna win a lot of other things because we've had such a stellar year that i think this is one of the one of the rooms yeah. where it gets a shout out i do think golf story might have a chance because i hear ign talk about that game non-stop i hear other yeah. outlets talk about the game non-stop they like it a lot but i think you're right i think cup story is is the bigger cuphead. pick there cuphead did i say cup story you did cuff story all right Next one, best esports team. We I have never heard of any of these, but we're gonna pick the one that I think sounds best. Is there a description? Uh, this is the esports team judged to be the most outstanding for performance in 2017, inclusive of multi-team organizations. So outstanding for performance, which means who won the most? Team Liquid, SK Telecom won, Lunatic High, Fuzzy Clan. I think that's what it is, and Cloud Nine. I hear I've actually heard of Cloud Nine before. Uh, it's a saying. I'm on Cloud Nine right I now. I know, but I've also heard of them as a as an esports league. I'm gonna say, team. I'm gonna say Cloud Nine's gonna win, and here's why. Because their performance in creating a logo looks cool. They have three nines that all meet in the center, and it looks like a hydra. Mm-hmm. It looks also Chic like a hydro. Cloud. Chic Hydro, Hydro, oh, and they're, they're but they're not sponsored. But that's the indie games. Sold out, sold out, man. We're gonna have a lot to say for the next two. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, next two. So here's the thing, guys. Shut up. We don't know anything about esports, so we're not gonna guess the best esports player. We're gonna skip that one. Best esports game. Okay, maybe we might have an opinion about this one. Okay. For the game that has delivered the best overall esports experience to players, inclusive of tournaments community support, and content updates, irrespective of genre or platform. We have Rocket League, League of Legends, Dota 2, 
Counter-Strike Global Offensive and Overwatch. So here's the thing. Overwatch started its own league and has been, like, huge in, like, recruiting players from other other countries to join teams, like, requiring people to have health benefits and things like that. I think that's a huge, huge win for esports as a genre. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't have too much of an opinion here. I would just say League of Legends because I hear the most about that one. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you think? You're thinking Overwatch? Well, for the game that has delivered the best overall esports experience to players, I'm going to say having fucking a union that has you must have a minimum income and you must have housing and health insurance, I'm going to say Overwatch, man. Is that really a thing? Yeah. For League of Legends, that's that's crazy. All right. No, for Overwatch. Oh, for Overwatch? Oh, Legends, oh, yeah. I see. Gotcha. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next one. Trending gamer for a streamer, influencer, or media member who has made an important impact on the industry this calendar year. Uh, we have... Go. You read them. Steven Spawn. Is it Spawn? Spoon? Spawn? Mike Grzeski? Grzeski? I don't know. Guy Beam. Clint Lexa. And Andrea Wren. I actually know Andrea Wren. Not okay. personally. But it's I, Andrea Renee. Renee. Sorry, Renee. Andrea Renee. So it's also important to know who these people are. So Steven is from Able Gamers, mm-hmm. which is uh, for gamers with handicaps and things like that, uh, and finding ways to make games more accessible. Mike Grzysek, also known as Shroud. I guess he's a an esports player from his profile picture there. Guy Beam, Dr. Disrespect is what he's most known as. Uh, I like this guy. YouTuber. You guys can't see his picture, but he's got like a mullet wig on. He's got this crazy mustache, sunglasses, and he just has $100 bill stacks behind yeah. him. Yeah. I like Looks this like guy. I've, I've, I've heard of him. I've, I've never, never seen any before. of his stuff, but apparently he's he's hilarious. I haven't heard of any uh, people besides uh, um, Andrea. 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 Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. Shut up. Clint Lexa from quote-unquote half-coordinated. Uh, and then Andrew <clears throat> Renee from What's Good Games, which has really taken off this year too. Here's what I, I think is going to win. Uh, Steven Spawn, Spawn, Spoon, Spoon, Spoon. I'm going to say Spoon. S P O H N. I just like Spoon. Spoon. Now I think Able Gamers is a a really amazing organization, and he's really been in. I feel like I've I've heard of him a lot more this year, and he's really been outspoken about accessibility in games and. I think it's time that he, his site, Able Gamers, got recognized, which is really cool. So that's going to be my vote of who should win. I, I take it down. I don't know any of those people, so you seem to know more about them, so we'll stick with well, that. Well, also, this is fan-based, fan-voted, not yeah. industry-voted. So it's it all depends on who has a bigger fan base and whether or not they vote. Next category. Best student game. Have you heard of any of these? I have not. Nope, not a Let's single one of these. Let's fucking skip it. This isn't interesting to people if we don't know anything. Okay, here we go. Best independent game for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside of the traditional publisher system. We have Pyre from Supergiant Games, Night in the Woods, Infinite Fall, Cuphead by Studio MDHR, What Remains of Edith Finch, Giant Sparrow and Perina Interactive, and Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice by Ninja Theory. This one is actually really tough. It is. Um, when I got to the last one, I'm thinking it's Hellblade, man. Hellblade was great. But I was I saw this thing about what remains of Edith Finch, and I saw this certain level in the game, and it blew my mind to the point where I'm like, I need to play this. What remains of Edith Finch is amazing. You played it? 
Yeah, okay. we talked about it on the podcast. It's That's right, amazing. We did. Um, it was this level where like you're you're chopping these fish heads and then you're daydreaming. Yep. At the same time, and the level yep. starts as you're daydreaming starts to take over the whole thing, and it just that looks incredible. Yep. That looks you absolutely make, you're, amazing. You're like using your two joysticks. One of them, you're moving your character through this world, while the other one, you're like chopping fish heads and shit like that. On the like, it's it's, it's amazing. Um. um but Pyre also super giant games from the makers of Bastion and Transistor. Uh, like that I didn't I didn't play that a lot but a lot of people loved that game this year. Cuphead obviously a fucking I've also heard good things about Night in the Woods but I haven't heard as much about it and keep in yeah. mind this is this is now where we're in jury reviews and the jury are right. gaming outlets like IGN, like Easy Allies, Game Informer, like you know Games of Spot, all those kind of people. Yeah. Um, internationally as well. So I think we really should base this off of which one we've heard the most about. And I think the ones we've heard most about is Hellblade and Cuphead. Yeah, I think it's going to go to Hellblade here. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. So screenshot. It, it's definitely that one. Cuphead and Hellblade are definitely going to be like the two biggest ones. Yeah, I think Hellblade's going to get a lot of awards. Most anticipated game presented by McCafe McDonald's awarded to an upcoming game that has shown significant ambition and promise. Title must be announced and scheduled for release after December seventh, twenty seventeen. That's interesting because some of these aren't even scheduled to be released. We know they will come uh, right. out, obviously, but like Last of Us Part Two is the first one. When the hell is that game coming out? Right. So, it doesn't necessarily mean coming yeah. in 2018. Yeah. Last of Us Part Two, Red Dead Redemption Two, Monster Hunter World, Marvel's Spider Man, and God of War. For personally, for me, it's Last of Us Part Two, but I don't think that's gonna win this. No. Here's a here's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be Red Dead Redemption Two. I think so too. Yeah. For two reasons. One, it's fucking Rockstar. Yep. The first two, one was a huge surprise, and it was amazing. Right. Well, not a surprise, two, but like, yeah. Three out of the five of these games are PlayStation exclusive, which immediately segments your audience of people who are voting to only PlayStation fans. Oh, good. Whereas good Red point. Dead Redemption is multi-platform, mm-hmm. so everyone can Actually, it's funny. One. All of these are PlayStation exclusives. Is Monster Hunter PlayStation exclusive, or is that on no, Xbox One as well? that's coming to Xbox One as well. Two of these games are also coming to Xbox One. That's... That's not great. All right. So, yeah, I, I will agree with you. Red Dead Redemption 2. I yep. won't fight you on that one. Um, Best multiplayer for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre. Fortnite by Epic Games, Call of Duty World War II, Sledgehammer, Splatoon 2 by Nintendo, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It's a remake. That shouldn't be on here. Destiny 2 <laughs> by Bungie and... Batter, batter, player unknowns battlegrounds by PUBG. That's absolutely gonna get this. That's at this. If there, since this is, it is nominated for Game of the Year. I don't think it's gonna get Game of the Year, but this is definitely where it gets its nod for best multiplayer experience. Yeah, it's also the most unique multiplayer experience to come out this year. Yeah, I think it's adorable that they nominated Splatoon two. I love Splatoon two. That is such a good game. I know, I know. I like it more than Mario Kart this year. I played way more Splatoon than Mario Kart. Good for you. It's because you played a lot on the Wii and you got exhausted. I Back when you only had one item. Mm-hmm. Best sports slash racing game for the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game. All okay. right. We have <laughs> Project Cars 2 by Slightly Mad Studios, Bandai Namco Entertainment. We yep. have Pro Evolution Soccer 2018 by Pez Productions and Konami. Can't believe they're still making games. Are people still like them? NBA 2K18, <laughs> Visual Concepts in 2K Sports. GT Sport, which is not a sports game, it's a racing game, just to be clear. Uh, that's why um, 
um, Polyphony Digital, Sony. Um, oh my god, they totally have a typo here. It's Sony into interactive 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 that's a totally a typo that's hilarious and then we have forza motorsport 7 turn 10 studios by microsoft studios and fifa 18 ea vancouver ea i don't have much of a say in this one because i don't play a lot of sports games well i think nba 2k 18 and forza motorsport 7 they have a lot of of bad they had a lot of bad press surrounding them that's true microtransactions and loot boxes Mm-hmm. So I think that they are probably not going to be voted, voted like this is the best of the year. Project Cars Two didn't get a whole lot of fanfare, but apparently it was like a huge improvement over the first one. Everyone loved it. Mm-hmm. And GT but, Sport always gets right. Grand Turismo games in general always get good reviews. Yeah. Um, I would say GT Sport. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with GT Sport too. I think that's going to win. Best strategy game, best game focused on real time or turn based strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. XCOM 2 War of the Chosen by Fire Axis Games, 2K, Tooth and Tail Pocket Watch Games, Total War Warhammer 2 by Creative Assembly Sega, Halo Wars 2 Creative Assembly Plus 343 Microsoft Studios, Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle Ubisoft Paris Plus Milan from Ubisoft. Hmm. People really fucking love Total War Warhammer 2. I'm... It's not going to be Halo Wars 2. I remember being, no. there being some bad stuff about that. I haven't even heard of Tooth and Tail. Like, not even a little bit. Like, I have heard of Total no. War um, before. I don't know. Um, I think it's not going to be XCOM because that's just a DLC pack, I believe. It's not even, like, it's just an expansion. It's not even the full game. And Mario Rabbids got, gr- got good reviews, but didn't necessarily get, like, amazing, stellar, awesome reviews. I think it surprised a lot of people. But it's, I don't know if it, if it would uh, yeah, be the, story the best was, strategy game that came out this yeah. year. Uh, but I'm, I have, there are people who love Total War or Warhammer 2. So I, I, that's my yeah. vote of what, what not my vote for best, but my vote for what wins. What will win, yeah. I think, I think you're spot on there. Next category. All right. This, this category is kind of stupid, but here we go. Best family game. For best the best Nintendo game, basically. Is well, what this one here's is. the description. For the best game appropriate for family play irrespective of genre or platform funny irrespective of platform or genre platform even though they're all on nintendo switch <laughs> splatoon 2 from nintendo <coughs> sonic mania from patagonia west games or patagoda west games headcanon and sega mario plus rabbits kingdom battle ubisoft paris plus milan ubisoft mario kart 8 deluxe from nintendo and super mario odyssey from nintendo super mario odyssey no no game appropriate for family play like the entire family getting around and playing in the living room none of these fit except for super mario kart mario kart 8 deluxe snipper clips should be on here shut up no seriously that's a shut up that's an awesome game yeah that's a good point because mario rabbits not really multiplayer mario kart is the only one you're, you're totally right and why don't actually my dad got my brother a switch really just so he could play mario kart with the family yeah I mean, like, that's why I jumped on the Switch early enough, was to play with my family. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do Mario Kart 8. I think yeah. Mario Odyssey is the best game among those. I mean, those. each of these has some kind of multiplayer component, whether like Mario Odyssey, you are playing as the hat, or yep. I think there was something in Rabbids. Yeah, there was like a co-op mode in Rabbids. Mm-hmm. But yeah, obviously Mario Kart 8. Best fighting game for the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat. We have Tekken 7 from Bandai Namco Studios, 
Needhog 2 for Messoff Games, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite from Capcom, Injustice 2 from NetherRealm Studios, ARMS from Nintendo. Not ARMS. No, not ARMS, not Marvel vs. Capcom. I like ARMS, not ARMS. I think this one hands down goes to Injustice 2. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, Game Freaking Rules, great story, awesome gameplay mechanics, and fucking Really good facial animation. Really good facial animations. Yeah, the facial animations, yeah. So not that that makes the fighting game, but it was surprisingly great. Best role-playing game for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Oh, God, I love that game. U- Ubisoft San Francisco. Final Fantasy Fifteen. I thought that was last year, but I guess... It came out they, after they, their cutoff, yeah. Yeah. Divinity, Original Sin 2, Near Auton- um, Automata, and Persona 5. I think this is between Persona 5 and Divinity, Original Sin 2. I think it's going to be Persona 5. I think so. I think those I think are the two an, big ones. I think it's another one of those like, hey, we need to give it a nod, and it's not going to win Game of the Year, but it's really close. Yeah. So this is where it gets us to best role-playing game. Yep. Best action-adventure game for the best action-adventure game, <laughs> combining combat with traversal and puzzle-solving. We've Uncharted the Lost Legacy from Naughty Dog, Assassin's Creed Origins... The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn's going to win this one. Oh, man. That's tough. Going in combat with traversal and puzzle solving. That's, that's so weird because I, I don't know if I would consider that an action-adventure. I mean, I guess it's an action-adventure game. But Mario's also not really an action-adventure game. Yeah. It's a platforming game. People I think have also that, been like all up Assassin's Creed Origins' butt since it came out too. I think you're underestimating how well reviewed Horizon Zero Dawn was. Don't get though. me That's, wrong. It, I, I know you love that game. I fucking love that game. Like, I, I think, I'm pretty sure Horizon Zero Dawn, and I think this is a fair metric, is in like the top 25 games of all time on Metacritic. Yeah. Like, which means the reviewers give it good reviews, the, like, and those outlets that reviewed on Metacritic are the ones who are the juries on this board. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's going to go to Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, I think you've convinced me. You're, yep, Horizon Zero Dawn. That's what they're going to vote for. Because I don't think it's going to win Best of the uh, Game of the Year either. Um, and this is kind of like, well, all right, let's give it a bone because it's an incredible game and we want to make sure it has its, yeah. you know, its, its award. Best Action Game. For the best action game, for the best game in the action genre focused on combat. We have Prey from Arcane, Neo from Team Ninja, Destiny 2, Bungie, Cuphead, Studio MDHR, Wolfenstein 2, Machine Games, Bethesda. I think this one's going to go to Neo. Neo or, really? or Wolfenstein. I'm, I'm thinking two. Wolfenstein 2. I'm thinking, because Wolfenstein 2, if you look at the reviews for that game, the fact that it hasn't been mentioned more is incredible based on the reviews mm-hmm. that it's gotten. From story to gameplay, like... Everything about it, and I think this is where, again, it gets its nod. I don't know. Neo got incredibly good reviews, like super stellar reviews, yeah. Like near-perfect scores. All right. I I think they're going to go Wolfenstein. You think they're going to go Neo. I think this is the first time we're going to diverge. Yeah. So I'm thinking Neo. So I'm going to take two screenshots then. One for Neo. And then one for Wolfenstein. I'll write this down later. 
Best Whoa. VR slash AR game for the best game experience playable in virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform. Super hot VR. Star Trek Bridge Crew. Lone Echo Echo Arena. Farpoint. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. There, that's it. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Yep. Yeah, it is, it's the only it full-fledged. Full, amazing, completely fleshed out game. It's also just a really good game. Yeah. Without the VR as well. If anything were to come close, super hot VR. Yeah, that's probably my favorite VR experience I've experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Best handheld game for the best game playable on a dedicated portable gaming system. Hey, the best Which game does... on a Nintendo 3DS. Exactly, yep. <laughs> we have Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World, Monster Hunter Stories, Metroid Samus Returns, Ever Oasis, Fire Emblem Echoes Shadow of Valentia. Metroid Samus Returns. Yep, it was fantastic. It's yep. a really good game. I feel like I Poochie and Woolly, Yoshi's Woolly World got meh reviews. Monster Hunter Stories, that was the weird, like... Like it's an RPG, RPG version one of it. Yeah. yeah. Everbasis, it got decent reviews. And then Fire Emblem, I think it got, I don't think that was re- reviewed as well as the It's because they all blend entries. together and nobody fucking cares. <laughs> no, they're huge games. Man. I know. I know. All right. Best mobile, mobile game. game for the best game playable on a dedicated mobile device. We have Fire Emblem Heroes, because no one cares about that game. We have Super <laughs> Mario Run, Old Man's Journey, Monument Valley 2, Hidden Folks. I would, I, I don't know why, Monument Valley 2, I feel like kind of got forgotten. Yeah? Yeah, I actually never even beat it, which is a shame because the first one's one of my favorite mobile games. I um, feel like Fire Emblem Heroes is so far the best example of taking a game and making it a mobile version. Yeah. But I don't know. Monument Valley also like this critically is a tough is... one. I haven't I've... heard. I haven't heard of Hidden Folks. I haven't either. It looks like Where's Waldo. I've heard of Old Man's Journey. I've seen it in the App Store, but I've not played that before, so I don't know too much about it. But I hear a lot about Fire Emblem Heroes. I'm just basing this off of what people have been saying in the industry. Yeah, I'm gonna like say what? Fire Emblem Heroes. I will agree with you there. Best ongoing game awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. We have Warframe from Digital Extremes, Rainbow Six Siege, Ubisoft Montreal, Overwatch from Blizzard, Grand Theft Auto Online, Rockstar Games, Destiny 2, Bungie, and Player Unknown's Battleground, PUBG. Mm. I don't think PUBG's going to get this one. No? I don't think so. I think it's between Overwatch and Grand Theft Auto Online. I, I would agree with you there. I would lean more towards Overwatch. Because that really? game, it won Game of the Year last year. It did, and yeah. It's, and it's maintained its its momentum. It's added in new modes and characters and... Con- yeah. All right. I mean, Grand Theft Auto Online also, of course, is fucking dominating, but it's been out for five years. And there's also, like, there was more talk this year of them shutting it down. There was stories of them shutting Grand Theft Auto Online down. Not because it's not doing great, but just because it's going to end eventually. Yeah. Overwatch. So. Okay. I'll agree with that. Games for impact for a thought-provoking game with a profound pro-social meaning or message. All right, so we have Please Knock on My Door from Live All Games, Night in the Woods from Infinite Fall, Life is Strange Before the Storm, Deck Nine, Bury Me, My Love, The Pixel Hunt, What Remains of Edith Finch from Giant Sparrow, 
and Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice Ninja Theory. I think that's... I think it's Hellblade, yeah. yeah. What it does for mental illness in video games and bringing up that discussion. Those two is like, when everyone talked about that game, they talked about how it brought up a discussion around mental illness. Exactly. How, like, that's also the major purpose of that game. Now that these other games don't focus on issues as well, but I feel like that's where the whole conversation around Hellblade was, and Hellblade was amazing. Yeah. Great game. Nailed it. Best performance awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion, and or performance capture. I want to mess up some names here. All right, we have Melina Jurgens from Hellblade playing Senua. We have Laura Bailey from Uncharted Lost Legacy playing Nadine Ross. We have Claudia Black from Uncharted Lost Legacy playing Chloe Fraser. Brian Bloom, who is in Wolfenstein 2 as BJ, um, is it Blaskowitz? Yep. And then Ashley Birch from Horizon Zero Dawn as uh, Aloy. I, I mean, think it's I think it's I think it's Senua from Hellblade again. Yeah, I think I agree absolutely. I think what her makes performance it, sold the game. Yeah, and I think what makes it even more impressive is that she's not an actress and it was just a person as a stand-in who worked at the company. Yeah. And they're like, "Hey, can we just have you stand in for a moment until we get an actress?" And then they're like, "Oh, wait, no, you're amazing." And I mean, all of these people are great. But yeah. Mhm. Hellblade Senua, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. Melina Jurgens. I hope she goes on to do more stuff because she's great. Best audio design. Recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. So this is different from like soundtrack. This is audio design. Yeah. We have Destiny 2 from Bungie. Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice Ninja Theory. Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild from Nintendo. Super Mario Odyssey from Nintendo. Uh, I'm gonna say Hellblade's anyway. I know, right? Hellblade's yeah. gonna sweep some of these awards. I, the, the fucking bi bioral audios that, mm-hmm. the whispering and constant. Oh my god, yeah, that game. It's, it's mandatory for the game. Like I love the nature sounds of Breath of the Wild, yep. but I can also turn that stuff off and play the game just fine. I need those sounds in Hellblade to. You know what game. else is mandatory? It's mandatory that everyone listening to this go right now and play Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. It is. It, here's how good it is. When that game came out, Chad's like, I'm just going to buy it for you, Holden. That way yep. you can play this game because we have to talk about it. It's so amazing. Like, it's a mandatory game. I've never seen Chad react like that to a game before. Yep. Fantastic. Best you, score slash music. You're welcome. Best score slash music for outstanding music inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. We have Destiny 2 from Bungie. We have Cuphead from Studio MDHR, Near Automata from Platinum Games, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild from Nintendo, Super Mario Odyssey from Nintendo, and Persona 5 from Atlas. These are tougher because you don't really hear them talk about game soundtracks a lot. I have heard a lot of people like the songs from Super Mario Odyssey a lot, but was that the best game soundtrack? In- right. Here, here are my two. Mm-hmm. Cuphead. Yep. The the fact that the soundtrack is so much a part of the character and life of that game from the barbershop quartets and things like that and the old-timey cartoon music, like, that is one of the features that sells that game. Yeah. But two, so- Destiny 2, man, that soundtrack, mm-hmm. that was one of the biggest differences I noticed when I played Destiny 2 over Destiny 1 is, like, there are so many moments when I, I bought multiple songs from that soundtrack while I was listening to it the, from the finale or the first time that you lose all of your shit and you just have a gun and no ghost and like the soundtrack as you're going through climbing up this mountain and fighting these beasts it has some epic amazing things in there that give you the feels do you know what game I'm really surprised is on this list what is Zelda Breath of the Wild because oh, yeah. there's points in the game where there's no 
There's no music. And they talk about that, like, one of the things you like about this game is there's parts with no music in it. Best soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll do Destiny 2. I think that... I, I, I think it's Destiny 2, man. Oh, let's do it. Best art Did you direction. See that? I said something bad about Zelda. I I heard that. Are you amazed? No. I'm proud. <laughs> Best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Destiny 2, again, Destiny 2 is on this list a lot. But it's for not winning a lot. It's not winning a lot, but it's here a lot. <laughs> Cuphead from Studio MDHR. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Persona 5 from Atlas, and Horizon Zero Dawn from Guerrilla Games. Wait, did they spell interactive right this time? They did. They spelled interactive. Interactive. Uh, for direction. Uh, Cuphead. That's our, yeah, absolutely. The game centers on that. Absolutely. There's nothing like it out there. I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn is fucking gorgeous. And. Like the design of all of the beasts and the tribes and the environments are amazing, but Cuphead. If you talk about art direction, not graphics, Breath of the Wild has some amazing art direction. Yeah, all the watercolor shit. Oh yeah, it looks amazing. Looks so good. But I think Cuphead again. Like every time you hear about Cuphead, they immediately bring up the art direction of that game. Yeah, immediately. It's synonymous with that game. It's this game looks really gorgeous and kicks my ass. <laughs> yep. Those are the two things you hear in that order. Best narrative. For outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. So we have What Remains of Edith Finch from Giant Sparrow, Near Automata from Platinum Games, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Ninja Theory, Wolfenstein 2, Machine Games, and Horizon Zero Dawn, Guerrilla Games. I think this one's going to be between um, Hellblade and, um, and What Remains of Edith Finch. Really? I think so, yeah. You don't think Horizon Zero Dawn's in there at all? I'm not saying it's not in there at all. I think those are the top two to be selected from that. What Remains of Edith Finch was like... I mean, it's an interesting story, but it felt like it was 12 stories that mm-hmm. had like an interesting through line through all of them. I think the part of it, though, is how the gameplay interacts with the story. And Hellblade does that in spades. And just from that one thing I saw of... What remains to be the Finch. I've never seen a game in story mesh in that way before. Yeah, and I think that's what might speak more to the jurors. I everyone who has played Horizon Zero Dawn says the highlight is the story of that game. Yeah, but is the way the story presented any different than stories have been presented in open world RPGs? That's a good before? argument. Yeah, like Horizon Zero Dawn takes every type of storytelling, like environmental storytelling, audio logs, text logs, traditional like cutscenes, and it nails all of those but you're right what remains of edith finch and hellblade completely like turn that on its head and Mm -hmm. pioneer something new and amazing yeah i would say hellblade just because it gets talked about more often yeah that that's my pick yeah another one for hellblade lost another loan to die tech remember that die tech no i don't know what you're talking about i mean it's like a 20 years ago commercial best game direction Awarded to a game studio for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. We have Wolfenstein 2 from Machine Games, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard from Capcom, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild from Nintendo, Super Mario Odyssey from Nintendo, and Horizon Zero Dawn from Guerrilla Games. I think the two ones here are going to be Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn. And I think my reasoning is that 
Zelda did a lot of unique things in the open world genre and is kind of lauded for its unique, like a lot of the talk I've heard about this game has been its unique approach and how they went forward with making the game. Yeah. Like the tools they made for their developers. I think the argument for Horizon Zero Dawn is that company had no business making a game like that (laughs) and they nailed it. I think it comes down to between Zelda and Mario. You think? Yeah, Zelda, obviously, because game direction, you know, creative vision and innovation. Um, the fact that you can get anywhere a hundred different types of ways mm-hmm. and everything in the environment is climbable and you can chop down a tree and get across the thing or you can increase your swimming stamina and get across the thing. Like uh, To take that game and completely turn it on its head and make something and try something new and be so successful at it, mm-hmm. regardless of how boring it was, I think it was a feat. <laughs> in itself but also super mario odyssey the fact that they have these game worlds that aren't necessarily enormous but they have so much moons with so many amazing packed challenges in them yeah and I they're think, also I think it, so unique in how you get so many of them yeah i think breath of the wild probably though takes this one yeah i think because i think that regardless of what your opinions are on breath of the wild i don't think you can deny that in five years we will see games that really try to go after that style of open world yeah um, I, I think that's, even if you don't like the game, I think that's something that you can at least acknowledge. It's going to be something that's, that's copied or at least mimicked in, in, a, in a heavy way. Yeah. So I will agree with Finally, you Finally, wrapping up with Game of the Year. Recognizing right. a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. We have Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, Players Unknown Battleground, Persona 5, her and Horizon Zero Dawn. This is a tough one. Here's what I think is going to win it. The mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, I think, is going to win Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think so as well. I do, I do think Mario might have a chance yeah. of taking that away. Here's something, though, that I can't remember who was saying this made a really good point. I think so many of these outlets are going to be split between Mario and Zelda that it's going to split the reviews out. And that something else, because there's such a split between Mario and Zelda, is going to make something like Persona or Horizon get it instead. Yeah. I think Just that's possible. Chance. Yeah. I don't think there's any chance of PUBG getting now, this. Now, here's... There's no chance of PUBG winning this. Here's the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. Mm-hmm. That should be Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm -hmm. The fact that performance capture, graphics, art direction, uh, I know the facial animations in Mario Odyssey were impeccable. (laughs) (laughs) But like narrative, all of these things, yeah, were yeah. Like I love Breath of the Wild. The narrative was weak. It just was. Yeah, it was a weak narrative. Mario Odyssey doesn't really need a narrative, but like it wasn't a super strong story throughout. Yeah. I think technically Horizon Zero Dawn is the best game on this list, hands down. I think no way it's gonna be PUBG the when there's still like early access bug issues and stuff like that. Doesn't, yeah, like it's just not gonna win. I think Persona Five is too obscure. I think to a win little this. bit too. Yeah, um, I mean, I've heard incredible things about it, and I, I really, really want to play it. But I don't think it's gonna win it. I think it's gonna be Breath of the Wild too. Um, but I do think it's really between Breath of the Wild 
Mario in, in Horizon. And I wouldn't be surprised if Horizon won just because of the split vote for Mario and Zelda. Interesting. People who vote for Mario might have also thought about Zelda and vice versa. But I don't think many people are going to be like, is it Mario or Horizon Zero Dawn? Like, I think if it's Horizon Zero Dawn for you, you're pretty much going to be set on that game. Yeah. Whereas Mario and Zelda, I think, could split you. So... That know. is uh, what we think will win Game of the Year. Tune in Thursday night. It is uh, Thursday, December 7th. Uh, it says find out where to watch the Game Awards here, but what about what time? Come on, Internet. Um, there's more stuff that's going to be happening at the Game Awards. It's pretty exciting, though, as well. Yeah. So usually there's also a lot of game announcements and things like that. So I've put together just some predictions that things that I Ooh, think tell will, me about it. will happen. I have five predictions. Um, starting off with that game of the year, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, I think Nintendo's going to have a presence at the Game Awards. They have had a presence at the last two Game Awards in a big way. And they showed off Breath of the Wild at both of those Game Awards. Did. We still have a DLC pack, quote-unquote, And this they year. still said it's coming out in December. This is the best opportunity for them to announce Oh, you know DLC. what I did here, too? What? I heard that Nintendo, like, there's some kind of contest, and Nintendo is giving away tickets to the Game Awards as well. Yeah, I retweeted that to you, because I, really, I wanted, I wanted is that to go. that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's um, interesting that they would want people to be there for some kind of thing, maybe. Yeah. So, because we haven't seen anything about this. So I My prediction is, they're going to show it off, and it's going to come out before Christmas. Yeah. That's my prediction there. I think Death Stranding is going to have a presence. It has to. I mean, the three Kuji- of them are presenting. Yeah, Kojima, Del Toro, and and um, oh, what's the other guy's name? Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus. If it weren't for them showing up, I'd be like, no way in hell that game is going to be there. But because all three of them are there, it's going to be there. Yep, it has we to. Will, it's going to be a vague trailer. We were not going to know anything <laughs> more about the game. It might have Emma Stone date. in it. Yeah, it might have Emma Stone. Actually, that's a, that's a good prediction because she has been announced at this point to be in the game. That'd be a... Every single trailer they've shown off, they've shown another actor in the game. Yep. We haven't seen Emma Stone yet, so I think that's a good... I didn't include it in there, but I'll point that to Chad. Chad predicts Emma Stone's going to be... Yep, yep. Um, I have three more. From Software will show off a new game. I think so, too. It will not be Dark Souls on the Switch. Nope, it will not. <laughs> it will not. Because this is not the kind of thing you announce at the Game Awards. Um, we will see the Sea of Thieves... And it will have a release date. Sea of Thieves? Really? We'll see Thieve, Sea of Thieves and it will have a release date. It's another prediction. The other one is that we're going to see Metro Exodus. Oh, yeah. And it's going to have a fall 2018 release date. It will not have a specific day, but it will say fall 2018 at the end of the trailer. So those are my five predictions. I think they're pretty likely. I think we happen. also, based on that leak that we saw, I think we might also see Tacoma announced on all those platforms as well. Like, mm-hmm. officially announced. Yeah. Which I'm very excited for, because I love Gone Home, and I want to try out yeah. Tacoma. Yeah. Oh, oh, I have an Xbox now! I can do it today if I wanted. Shut up. Get out of here. Is Tacoma in VR, though? No. That sounds like a game that should be in VR. All those walking simulators should be in VR. <laughs> like, fucking... Everybody's gone to the rapture. I would cry my face until I drowned in that VR helmet. I think we have a subscriber interrogative. Oh, interrogate me. I'm going to interrogate you. Let me find that question. So the question is, because we just talked about the Game of the Year awards, and we're going to be having our own game 
of the year we'll be talking about. Yep. Um, per person. So we'll have each of our own have our own game of the year. What are your quality slash value considerations when thinking about your game of the year? Like, what's, like, in just the g- most general broad sense? Like, when you think of your game of the year, what kind of thing are you looking for in that game? Like, how did it impact you, I guess, is the way to put it. I think um, I actually agree a lot with Andrea Renee, who says that game of the year that year should be one that ticks as many boxes or more boxes than any other game on like being having a great narrative having great controls having really good feeling combat having excellent performance capture and gra- performance capture and graphics and art mm-hmm. direction like the game of the year should be the game that does most the most of those perfectly out of any other yeah. game yeah I, I i would agree with that i would add that for me I attribute the same thing to what I think about like the best movie of the year or the best like song of the year kind of thing um, is when I look back at like when I look back at let's say 2011 we'll say like what game or what movie was I thinking about yeah like what, what do I attribute to 2011 like when I end this year and I have to think okay when I look back at 2017 what game am I going to look back at and say this is the year of that game and that interesting it, on top of that too just a game that when i play it i lose myself in that game like it is just super immersive and i boost two, boost two, absolutely boost two. i was gonna mobile. say 2048 <laughs> <laughs> um else should be good should be a good game yeah it should probably be good should probably be good but yeah that was our only interrogative that was our only interrogative. Um, just want to remind everyone that our game of the month this month is what, Chad? Bioshock! So in the last episode of this month, we were talking about Bioshock. Bioshock! If you want to talk about it uh, to us through the podcast, that we won't be able to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Talk about it to us through us. <laughs> I kind of started that thought. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, Holden. You should just stop that thought. Like, no roll with it reminder also tweet at split screen gp if you know what that line was what movie that line was from and then i'll draw you a picture with some remind us the line again dear god turn me into a bird so i can fly far far away from here also tweet at split screen gp with uh any or email us at split screen gaming podcast at gmail.com with any suggestions for my xbox checkbox of things that i should be going back and playing now that i have an xbox for the first time in years and i think that's it for today That's all for today. We'll see all you baby balloons later. Bye-bye. Bye.